0: This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who aren't done yet. You may have seen the worst of aging and are hoping there's a better way. There is, and I'm going to show you how. In interviews, book reviews, rants, and stories each week, I'm going to bring you the latest science-based info on how to age better. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. It pisses me off and it's BS. Look, aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Rebellious Wellness Over 50 for women who aren't done yet and want some rebellious ways to age better. Today, my guest is Dee Woolridge. I'm super excited to have her, and we are going to be talking about shame why we hide, and how to move through it. And if you think perhaps that shame is for younger people, guess what? It shows up in subtle little ways. We're going to discuss those too so that you can be aware if you feel like something's off in your life, perhaps it's something that you're carrying with you
1: that you no longer
0: have to carry. Dee, welcome. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you, Gregory Ann. It's great to be here. Talking about shame. Talking about shame. I know who Mm -hmm.
0: two people happy to talk about shame. (laughs) Well,
1: we're we're helpers, helpers uh, and healers, so. I want to tell the listeners a little bit about you, your
0: background, aside from being a specialist in effective communication, the success mindset and resilience, he is also a best-selling author, writer of numerous self-help books, two training and development companies, and one of those helps young adults on the autism spectrum. Surprisingly, Dee doesn't look old enough, but she had a 30 year US Navy career covering three wars. And she was a leader at the executive officer level, a military consultant for Hollywood, and the ninth of 13 children. My goodness. Survivor of breast cancer and the parents of a daughter with autism. And you're married to a Marine. How lovely.
1: Hurrah.
0: There in that household, is there? (laughs) Say it again. Is there a little competition between the (laughs) Marine and the Navy vet?
1: Oh, there there certainly used to be. We're both retired now. So we just lift our coffee cups and go, yeah, go do that push up. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So
0: (laughs) tell me, tell the listeners, how you came to be an expert in Shame, and you're also an intuitive, and you know, you have all these qualities and characteristics. But why this particular platform right now in your life?
1: It wasn't something that I planned, it was a path that I was pulled in and I surrendered to. Mm. There was a time when I was thinking about um, retiring because I was doing all of this work on, this, on the side, you know, when I was in. Um, in uniform, that, and so I had this secret life on the, on the side where I would, if I would travel someplace, I would look for a metaphysical bookstore. Uh-huh. So I would go and be with my people. So, because when you looked at me, you thought my people were the other folks in uniform, but my people were the woo woos. <laughs> so I was like, hey, is, does this town have a metaphysical bookstore? You know, the place that sells crystals and Has classes on, you know, how to use a pendulum. So I would find that. And that's where I felt most at home. Mm -hmm. I had that interest probably all of my life, but I I just suppressed it until my daughter was born and I needed those skills. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: My daughter was born at 24 weeks. So, um, and, and I had already, um, sought out my, my people and, um, they would come to the hospital and help me and show me how to, Use my hands to send her energy, which I found out later was Reiki, Mm -hmm. and then they attuned me to it. So it just evolved from there. When I was at this one of the the places I was at in Tampa, they had this great metaphysical community, and they also had a. um, I started going to open mics. Where I would listen to like the the really um, interesting people tell their stories. So I started writing and I wrote this really heartfelt talk about whether I should stay in the military or I should really follow my heart and my Mm -hmm. path because I was in such conflict between the two. If you think about military as very regimented, you don't really talk about your feelings, you get the job done, you don't ask questions, um, you just do it. And the metaphysical world is very different. You ask everything. <laughs> you know? You're just like, why is the universe like this? How do we do these things? So I was struggling with that. My answer was, follow what feels right. Follow what feels right. So I told my husband, I was like, I'm retiring now. And he, he didn't he was like, what do you mean you're retiring now? You could you could do another 10 years. I was just like, I'm just tired of that. I I want I want to go. So I ended up doing a few more years, but I actually was not really present. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just looking forward to my life outside of the military because I had already opened a center where people would come for meditation to learn meditation, to learn all the the things and um, I would do classes every Sunday. I remember just running, it was the two jobs just getting there after work in my uniform. So I was there I was like, hold on, I had a, you know, had a client, I had been through hypnotherapy school already, had hypnotherapy clients and um, would change in the bathroom at my center. Okay. You know, would to, or, get, or just take my um, blouse off, that's what we call the top part of our uniform. I would just take my blouse off and have my T-shirt and my, my camouflage pants and do a hypnotherapy session. So when I finally retired, I was elated. I can imagine I was like, "I have one job now. I'm a healer." Uh-huh. And anyways, that's the story of how I came to be at this point. It was just I don't remember this one specific time when I didn't feel... Attracted to the things that people call woo woo, I was just born that way.
0: Yeah, I think we share that. I have my family was pretty much you know methodical, and there were lawyers. there was a judge. Mm -hmm. My mother worked, you know. And although she died when I was twenty, so I didn't get to know her really as for me as an adult. But she was starting to study astrology. Even though, mom that, too, <laughs> that would have been, you know, I, I'm sure she didn't tell my grandfather the judge. So she was <laughs> that, uh-huh. And she said she did it because she was, had a brain, you know, like crazy smart, and she liked the num- the number the. uh the number uh-huh. that, But I think she really was just kind of going. And it turns out my my aunt, her sister, who's now 89, recently told me that their grandmother, so my great grandmother, used to read tea leaves. So even though I was getting a lot of like shade for doing, <laughs> it's like seems like it yeah, with me you know came mm-hmm. in with me. So I totally understand. And what a you know I could see your energy when you said. And the day that I finally got out of the military, like your whole energy shifted. I could feel oh. that feeling of a weightlifter. You know what? No more box. You got to
1: be you. Never mind <laughs> that you didn't have two jobs, but you got to be the full expression of you. I did, and I remember at my retirement cuz I wore my my navy blue uniform which is a really beautiful uniform underneath it is a white shirt and you have this little black tie and then you have your you're supposed to wear your little eyelets on your shirt in case you take off your jacket. Oh. I didn't have mine on under here, you know, the thing that has your rank on it. Yeah. I didn't have it on. So I I never cuz I I remember getting because I had a party at my house and I took my jacket off and my CO was there, my commanding officer was there, and um, I was just like, "I'm retired. I don't have these <laughs> it's my jacket." But that was a like a symbol of I wasn't complete there. Mm. I wasn't complete, you know. Nobody could see it because I had my the blue jacket on mm-hmm. over it, but underneath something was missing
2: yeah
1: and now and now i'm my complete self i love my life i love what i do as a healer when i tell people that they go you know what do you do if i say i'm a healer for to the people that are in the metaphysical world they get it Mm -hmm. they'll just ask what modality yes but if i say you know to to my military people i'm a healer they go you're a doctor i'm like no definitely not a doctor so i just say i'm a clinical hypnotherapist coach and counselor you know mm-hmm. i'll just say that but all of that is you know even you gregory and what what you're doing if you're helping women change their life in some way for the better you're a healer
0: absolutely yeah, and I've always been told that I've had human design reading, you
1: know, all the different oh, kinds of. Don't reading. you love human design? I love, I love it so design. much.
0: Yeah, they all have said, you know, you're a natural healer, you're a natural mm-hmm. teacher, this and that, and uh, yeah. So, and that feels good to me to do that. Yeah, and I do. I've learned to read akashic records. I've not studied Reiki, but I've experienced Reiki, and man, that is mind blowing for anybody listening who thinks they're not doing anything; they're just moving their hands. I don't see anything. I don't hear anything. Just be with it if you get a chance to. Yeah. The healing, let me tell you, it is delicious. Just receive. Exactly. Just be with it if you get the opportunity. Mm -hmm. I was just interviewing somebody yesterday, a couple, they're from Texas, and they're on this path. They're in their 50s, you know, just trying to better their lives and their health. He said, We went to this thing called Raya Key.
1: I was like, okay, would that be Reiki? Oh, yeah, yeah. He, was he was trying, he was trying. And
0: they both they both said that they felt like this heat, this energy coming off the woman's hands. I said, that's healing energy. Yeah. And I said, but how could it work? And I said, how did you feel better? It worked, right? It's okay, just, like just receive it. it. Metaphysical experience of some light. Yeah. Energy, but healing can be very, very-
1: Subtle. Behind the scenes and- Yeah. So- it's on the subtle plane where where it where you receive it on the soul level, but you don't feel it. Well, many some people do. Yeah. And I cause I well, that's a whole nother story. I so I won't go I won't go down that rabbit hole, but yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'll come back for that one. We should probably give the listeners what they expected to hear. <laughs> yes. uh, which was shame. And the reason that I got so excited about your so your assistant introduced us by email. And then we were having our little meet and greet. And when I saw your assistant had given me a bunch of different things you could talk about. And way down at the bottom on your website, there was an episode you did with somebody about shame, but the episode wouldn't play for me. And I thought, this is what I want to hear. Oh, but who's going to want to hear about it? And then when we started talking, I realized it really is a universal conversation that I don't think gets enough attention, especially as we age. We're supposed to age out of those things. That caused us shame,
1: right? Well, yeah. yeah <laughs> if you're but- open to doing the work.
0: Yeah. Tell us
1: about how, what a shame could look like in, in a life of a 50 year old woman. Shame are those secrets. And I have a, a saying that I say to my, my clients that you're only as healthy as your secrets. Mm. Only as healthy as your secrets. So, you can pretend like I did for years that you're all that and mm-hmm. that you have it all together, that nothing difficult in your life or traumatic in your life or not shareworthy in your life is there. If it's a secret and you don't want anybody to know about it, why is that?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's something that you're embarrassed about and I think that it's be, shame is beyond embarrassment. People believe that they're going to lose something or someone mm-hmm. if they reveal whatever that secret is. That is shame. It's wrapped up in loss.
0: So I was referencing things that happened in the past that we carry that we create shame around, but things could be, we could be actively in a hiding situation. Maybe Absolutely. alcoholism or or a financial mess or you know, wanting to leave our partner and not feeling shame about that.
1: Yep, all of that, it doesn't have to be things from the past. You're right, it's, it can be things that you are actively living that's a secret. Mm-hmm. And you hide it away and I, in the military we had this secret compartment called the SCIF. Secret compartment information facility. Something like that. That's where you go and that's where the bat phone was, where you can pick oh. it up and talk to somebody across the world and you have a secret conversation. That's where I used to say that that's where I carried, put all my shame in, the mm-hmm. things I didn't want people to know about. And I was actively living the shame, you know, pretending that I wasn't from this big family that had all of these, you know, we had a lot of difficulties. I, I don't know how many times I moved as a child or. You know, when we didn't have some of the basic things that people have, like heat, water, and food. When I was in college, I developed a stutter because I didn't sound like the white kids around me, you know, and they made fun of how I spoke. So I was trying to correct that. And I developed a stutter, and the stutter was because I was trying to be somebody I wasn't and lie about my background and where I came from. Mm-hmm. So I had to really process what I was saying and I developed this stutter from it. Mm-hmm. And if if I was just being myself and just letting it come out like I do now, I'm just like this is me. Mm-hmm. You know, this is all of me. <sighs> then there wouldn't have I wouldn't have had to process it. It would have just been there.
2: Yeah.
1: So shame is Locked away in those closets and those skiffs. The skiffs weighed, you know, if you had to carry a skiff around with with you, I would say it would be the weight of two two elephants. So imagine dragging that through your life, mm-hmm. because where you wherever you go, there it is. Mm-hmm. So you have to. Okay, I've met somebody new. What lie am I going to tell Gregory Ann? Mm-hmm. What version of the truth? or the lie do I get to tell her? And all the while, the thing in the skip is going, it's knocking going, hey, let me out. Let me out so that you can be free. Mm -hmm. If you let me out and just deal with me, then you don't have to carry me anymore. Mm -hmm. Then you're so much lighter. You have so much joy for just being you. And if you lose something or someone, they weren't authentic anyway.
0: Right. They weren't even valuing or in love with or like the real person that you are. If you were presenting some other persona, then you showed up as the real person and somebody went like, what's this about? I don't like this. Well, then sorry for the person, right? It's, they were, they were, it was a lie all along. It was. Yeah. 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 And it, so we're talking about, I know you're going to, I hope you're going to give us some how to's. On releasing shame. But first I think, because you were saying, you know, the thing is like back here going, let me go. Let me out. When we talk it shows up. (laughs) But you talk to the shame, right? I do. So tell the listeners, let's give them some actual something to do if they know somebody listening is going like, oh yeah, I got that, or I got one of those, or I got from, you know, I was poor, or I didn't look like people, or I still don't look like anybody at work, or whatever it is. So how do they start the process of untangling from that?
1: First, I want to say that I did a lot of this work with my daughter, um, who is on the autism spectrum, who felt shamed about it. Like she couldn't even say the word, I, I have autism. Aww. And I had to empower her first to feel good about herself
2: mm-hmm.
1: because the shame is internal. Like somebody can guilt you into something, but you receive it and carry it as the shame. So for her, autism was something to be ashamed of. And I was like, stop, hold on, wait. (laughs) No, that's not is. different doesn't mean less than.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So let's empower you first. So that's what I did with her. I worked on her for years for empowerment. And I would just say, say it Jasmine, say it. Say I have autism. And she was crying and bawling and, and she didn't want to say it. Like she couldn't even look up until, and I made her say it until it lost its power. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you do is identify the shame's presence. What is it that it is saying to you that has such a stronghold on you? What do you actually believe about it? So for Jasmine, the stigma of autism means that she was stupid or I can't even tell you some of the people, some of the people like when she would go on job interviews, they were just like, I don't have time to mess with people with autism. What if she has a meltdown? I was just like, not everybody on the autism spectrum has meltdowns. Not
0: to mention, know, a lot of people that aren't on the autism spectrum have meltdowns. I have worked with some
1: of them. <laughs> exactly, but that's the stigma that you know, yeah. is carried with it. So she would internalize all of this stuff. So I was like, well, what do you think is wrong with you, quote unquote? She was like, well, they think I'm this and I think I'm that. I was just like, are you that? Is it true? And I'm one of the moms that gets in your face, you know, and get in Jasmine's face. And I'm just like, no, no, you won't. No, you won't feel sorry for yourself because that isn't true. So let's get that straight right here. Can you write your name? Yes. Are you at a cognitive level where you can do things for yourself? Yes. All of these things. And then she started to see, I'm not what those people said I am.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so she started to feel empowered. The self-esteem started to grow. And once you're not attached to what other people think of you as your truth, the all, the be it all, and you can live without their approval, that's the second step. So, step number one is to identify the shame's presence and then defuse it. It's like, okay, why are you here? like what I did with me and I'm having chills on this because I remember that conversation that I had with myself and with Jasmine. You know, So what is it? And confront it, kick it in the face, call it on its lies. It's like, that's a lie, it's not true. Yes, that did happen to me. Yes, I do have this. Yes, this is going on with me. Now, what kind of person am I? are all these things that other people say about me are they true or are they not if they are true if you don't like them and you have the power to change them do that it's what you do now not what you've done in, the, in the, it's a, it's uh, it's not what you've done in the past or what you think you're going to do in the future or what you're afraid of in the future you be in that moment with that shame and you have that conversation with it then If you can't do the discussion on your own, then you seek out professional help, someone from a good friend or even in the mirror. So like for my daughter, she wouldn't have been able to do this on her own. Mm -hmm. Luckily, she has a mother with some training and some skills to help her through that process. And that's going to not judge her and love her no matter what. If you have a friend like that, that is not going to judge you, And that can listen to you, not try to fix you, but just support you and hold the energy while you're going through that process of talking to the shame and just letting it all out, all of it, every piece of it. And then this happened to me. And then I did this. And then I'm going through this. This is what I've, this has been going on all along. And I've never told anybody about these things. This is how, you know, all of those things. You just let them out. And then be brave for whatever comes next. Often it's not as bad as you thought it was going to be. It's not as bad as it is in your head. What's going to happen? What are you going to lose? Maybe you won't lose those things. So be brave and this requires courage. And I think that's the breakdown so you can talk to yourself about what happened to you, but if you don't admit it out loud in some way where it has no more power on over you, then you can't move on. So courage definitely has to be part of this. And then bring back in that love, then you're going to celebrate and say you did it, you told and then start to allow the healing to begin at that point. Because now, whatever wound there was around this shame, it could never heal as long as you were holding it, as long as you were allowing just to be hit again, this open wound to be hit, be, to pick at that scab. It couldn't heal. So now that you, you can. You expose it to air, to medicine. The medicine could just be admitting it. Mm-hmm. And then letting others that love you, if, they, if they're there for you, help you heal. Cuz oftentimes we, we have people that say, I didn't know you were going through that. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry, why didn't you tell me? I could have helped you. But the shame keeps people from asking for help. It does that's where the courage comes in you you have when you get that courage and you just do it just do it just do it and then all the healing starts then connect to your spiritual power whatever that is bigger than you you surrender to whatever your higher power is you surrender to the i don't know what to do because then you open space for God to do the rest. Because as long as you're trying to control it, so I don't want anybody to know about this. I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to do next. This is what I'm going to do next. If you surrender to it, then you're opening the path to whatever your destiny is. That the shame was keeping you from. And that's the adventure part, the God part. So open to that and the the healing really, really is there. And then the last thing is um, have confidence that you'll overcome this. And here's the thing, you've overcome things all your life, haven't you? Mm -hmm. This isn't the first thing you've ever overcome. It's not the first hard thing you've ever done. If it is, you would have never learned to walk or talk or feed yourself or have a conversation with anybody. Get a job show show love you've overcome so many things throughout your life and especially over 50 why are you still holding on to this craziness <laughs> so those are my steps for overcoming the shame
0: very powerful and while you were speaking i was thinking too about the inadvertent shame so we've had a lot of loss a lot of death in the past year and plus how many months because of covid and I've heard from friends who said, I couldn't be there with my parent when they died because of COVID. Yeah. And there's this, I don't know that they would call it shame, but it sounds like- It's guilt. Blame, guilt. Yeah. So I guess the people who would have said, why didn't you
1: go anyway? They would be shamed, yeah. but we bring our own guilt to the table. Well, guilt is projected at us and we accept it as shame. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I feel guilty. It's a the should I should have done this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or I didn't, you know, it's the shoulds that that bring about the guilt. Many times the shame is something that Happened to us, or we did. We did do it. (laughs) We did do it. So there's subtle differences in there. I believe I describe it as guilt is somebody else projecting it at you. And the shame is the shame can be totally secret. Nobody knows about it. Mm -hmm. It is just your stuff that you carry around. It is the weight of the guilt. The guilt may be the action or the inaction. But the shame is the weight that you carry, that you carry from the shoulds. Yeah, we've been talking about what we may have done in the past or
0: we might be doing currently. It's curious to me because I had an episode in my life like this, where we get shameful about something that somebody else did to us or is doing to us. And so we want to hide that because in that that allows people to see that life isn't perfect, my partner or whatever isn't perfect. I allow this to happen to me, but I don't know how to get out of it yet. So therefore, I'm shamed by my inability yeah. to deal. That's a subtle one.
1: So that one's it is like, um, I'm shamed that I allowed this to happen to me is, is that's where you take your power back. It is something that you think you should have done better or could have done better. For example, I work with women that have been abused or battered, and they have a lot of shame and guilt around it, I could have left, I should have left, I allowed this to happen. And even children that have been molested, I should have told. Mm -hmm. So they carry that shame as if it's their fault that they are a victim. And I go, when you were seven, that's what you can do at seven. Mm As a 50 year old, you could take your power back now. You can't change that event, but you can change how you feel about the, what you believe about that event. If you believe then at seven that you were powerless and you carried that throughout your life, the powerlessness or the victim mentality that you can change.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's what I'm talking about. Like when we worked with, with Jasmine is to empower her the things that she believed about herself, it's like, those are not true. I wish I can just open up people's head and go, yeah. that shit's not true. <laughs> None of it's real, yep. it's irrelevant now, it's irrelevant now. So why still carry it? Yeah. And when you release the shame, it doesn't mean that you have to go around telling everybody. Right. It's for you. Hmm. Yeah, it's just for you.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I don't want to be a punishing parent. I hope the listeners won't take it this way. But there are times when people get their courage up. They take that brave step of telling somebody. And what they have chosen to do about whatever they've been hiding is not what the other person would have them do or be. That's yeah. the weight back on them. I know it's hard when we want the best for our people. To let them make their own decisions and, you know, okay, well, I wish you would leave him, but you're not leaving him. Why? I'm not talking about beating, just something else that happened.
1: Yeah. Just doesn't matter. Just just not a um, harmonious relationship. Right. But
0: here the courage in the person who's finally unburdened themselves and rather than coming back at them with a suggestion about how it might work out for them, if it's different than what they're thinking, I think we have to let the person be in that moment of I did it, I said it, this is my decision for now. They might feel different
1: in an hour, in a week, in a month, in a year. We, especially as healers, we want to get in there, don't we? We just yes. go, I want to get in there. But I've learned that people will tell me things because they trust me with their information and not judge them because I just go higher, like I just know this is part of your path. You'll figure it out. What can I do to help? How can I support you? Mm-hmm. Do you, or can I offer you a suggestion? I ask permission. Yes. If they say, no, I'm just going to deal with this on my own. And I was just like, well, I'm going to help love you through it. Yeah. And if it's something that, if they're a friend, then they, um, then they just go through it. So they know this, this process is, even though I think I have the answer, it's not my job to fix people. Right. unless they're paying me to do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I have a business. Right, exactly. Then, then, then all, all bets are off of just like, okay, you're paying me to do this. This is, this is your homework and this is what we're going to go through. But if you're my friend and you're just calling because you have something um, hard that's going through, I'm going to be there and I'm going to say things. I'm sorry that that happened to you. Um, how can I, and I'm going to ask, how can I support you? What do you right. need? I just want you to listen D. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: and I like what you said. Ask the question. Can I make a suggestion? Yeah. Are you open to hearing what it sounds like from my perspective for you? You know, it, Yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that this is a common occurrence, but I do know that it happens where people want the best for their people and so they just blurt out their stuff, but at that in yeah. that
1: moment of courage where they're unburdening themselves, it's very Precious, delicate moment. It is for the person. And even with my husband, like my husband, he wants to rescue me oh, and that, you know, and fix things. Yeah. So I have to say, I just want, I have to preface it when I go on it. I just want you to listen. Yeah. I don't want you to fix anything. I just, I just want to vent right now. Exactly. Yep. Because I could see, if I don't say that, I could see his little wheels turning because he's already coming up with solutions for my problem. Men's
0: brains do, they solve problems
2: in
1: different ways. I work like that too. If somebody is telling me something and I have to remember, D, you're not on duty right now.
2: Yeah.
1: You're not on duty right now. You're just a girl. <laughs> <laughs> just, be, just be a friend yeah. right now.
0: So, I understand that you have something for people if they want to learn more about this whole conversation and the work that you do. And I think that that it could be found at your website, which is your name, D.
1: Mm-hmm. Dwoolridge.com is my website. And there are some free things there. There is some free things that you can download. One is Detox Your Relationships. And it's a free download, and it's, it's a list that, that gives you some instructions on how to get rid of those or let go of those relationships that are not healthy in your life. Mm-hmm. And many times those cause shame and guilt. Yeah, Identifying limiting beliefs definitely comes from carrying around shame. It's what you think you can't do how you feel about yourself it limits you from really being your best self. It limits your income, it limits your love relationship, it limits your career goals, it limits your life. Mm-hmm. So you want to check that out and it's, it's a free download and then the power of no. And mm-hmm. the subtitle of this is, these are, this is for reformed people pleasers. Uh-huh. The people that don't have boundaries, they say yes to everything and then they're resentful. Mm -hmm. They have that, I said yes to this and then they'll complain about it. Mm. So those downloads are there on the website. If those sound good to you, just go and grab them and then get to work. Do the work.
0: Download them and do I have a thank you page for one of the downloads that I offer on my website (laughs) that says, now that you have this. Do not file it away, open it right this minute and at least take a look at it. So you know what you're in for because we have too much <laughs> in the world right now.
1: And you're These are short also- ones, these are short ones, do them and, um, and get to work. There's a lot of other free things that I have, but these are the most popular ones.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we all have limiting beliefs. I don't know. Even as a coach, I've been doing this for 17 years. I still work on myself. You still
1: work life. on yourself. It's a continuing it <laughs> It's a continuing thing, I just like you have to work it's on it. Yeah.
0: You're not going to stop, which is good. You know, <laughs> if we didn't have any, like this is how we experience life is through happy yeah. and challenge and all the
1: different things that come out of us that come at yeah. us. Yeah. You work on your physical health, you work on your mental health as well. Absolutely. And I would
0: say that one of the reasons that I hear from clients for my work, which is generally on the body side, although I work on mindset, they wait because they have shame about a habit or they wait because of their weight, or that, but that's all shame. It's like, how did I get here? How did I let myself get this way? Don't be shamed out of getting help, people, really, honestly. Start where you are. And we all have ugly. My closet as a you know, yeah, I've had to tell the hard truth about some things in my life over the years, but like you said, it feels so good when you are unburdened, yeah, and taking
1: care Um, of yourself. And Gregory, and I want to add one more thing there is a great book that I love, and I assign it to my clients called Um, it's by Debbie Ford, Dark Side of the Light Chasers. Oh, yeah, and she talks about shame and that shadow part of us and that her her whole thing is loving that part of you because it has a gift for Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. and in the book there's these different exercises at the end of the chapter get that book get that book if you if you don't know how to do it's whatever's going on in your life this is a good book for it because the only way you're going to be whole is to love all parts of you, even the ugly.
0: Absolutely, and I will put that on the page for our episode so that with a link, so people mm-hmm. can grab it. Well, I think we've exhausted so many great topics and you've given really helpful tips for the listeners. They will be on the, also on the homepage. I'll use those six or seven tips that you gave. I'll line them out so that people can refresh their memory at another time. And maybe, maybe you'll have to come back and we can talk about energy healing and and therapy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: We'll talk about that. We'll do a woo episode. How about that? Woo. 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 (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Well, Dee, thank you so much for all of your great information, experience and honest and authentic conversation about some of this stuff. And uh, I really appreciate it. And we will be in touch again have you back in the meantime everybody go to d's website it's d woolridge w-o-o-l-r-i-d-g-e.com and check out what she's got she also works with people one-on-one if you feel like you'd like a session or two or three with her you can check it out at the website and until next time people be well i'll be back next week that's the end of another episode of the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If there's anything that you've heard or hear when you tune in that you think would benefit a friend, a sister, a mother, hey, even some guys, send them my way, would you? And if you've not ever been to the website, rebelliouswellnessover50.com, head on over there. There are resources, things that I don't always get to on the podcast that might help you age better. Be well till next time. And stay that way.